<laughs> he like storms off. Yeah. <laughs> well, boys. 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 I'm seeing you in the flesh. Ooh, I'm not gross. Look- <laughs> <laughs> Not looking at you over a computer screen at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we decided that uh, we're tired of this fake pandemic. <laughs> what? No. Oh, wait, what? Andy. <laughs> Just kidding. We're tired of your rules. Uh, decided that we, uh, because of the technical difficulties we've been having for the past couple weeks, we said... Fuck it. <laughs> We're gonna attempt to get together for a short little bit for this episode of Never Seen Any of This. My name is Andy. I'm Sammy. I'm Raymond. And we're here. Yeah. We're gonna do it. And, uh, to, I mean, to be fair, we've all done a really good job of not going literally anywhere, right. so we felt it was okay yeah. for us to be together. The uh, only people I've seen are Andy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I haven't That's seen it. either of you in person in six months, other than yes. Andy dropping off a couple things at my door. <laughs> I see my family, and I see Sammy. Yep. And those are pretty much the only people I hang out with, other than going to work. Uh-huh. If Same. I go to a store, I do a mobile order if I can. Right. Yep. So we all, we all felt that we were as, as safe as we could be, and, you know... We were gonna try it. So mm-hmm. if if we're dead by next week, <laughs> you'll have this to remember. It was us worth by. it for this episode for this movie. I would say so. God. <laughs> yeah. So uh, getting back together, we decided to watch to have a jolly good time mm-hmm. and uh, watch. Is that what we did? Yeah, we uh. had a breezy little watch of the new Netflix film called The Devil All the Time. Oh, it was the new Antonio the devil? Camp. The Devil All the Time. All the, all the time. time. It's the new Antonio Campos film Oof. that. Uh, was released by Netflix, which I feel like maybe they didn't market very well. And uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of people not expecting to no. uh, experience what this movie actually is. I thought is. for sure it was going to just be a, like, live or, or like a fiction telling of those crime stories. It just mm-hmm. seemed like it was like a. That's what the trailer made me feel like. It was like a crime storytelling. I knew of it thing. was based on a novel. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw in the trailer, it seemed like it was going to be like a southern gothic crime drama yeah mm-hmm. that i was like i was like oh i'm here for this yes robert, robert pattinson robert pattinson doing a weird ass accent, accent. Yeah. yes tom holland uh weird cop uh sebastian, sebastian stan, stan like uh dudley like i was excited uh yeah the cast for this movie is kind Chris of guard yeah yes that's right yeah is kind of insane and when that first trailer dropped i was like i am all about this shit uh-huh. i was very excited when i saw that trailer and then we watched the movie and uh it wasn't exactly what i was expecting i was uh distraught <laughs> to I mean, say it lightly <laughs> it's not like the the title of the film was trying to trick us it is called the devil all the time yes uh-huh. it's i think this is the first movie that um Towards the end, I was like, literally considering, like, maybe we shouldn't do this for the podcast. Because <laughs> I was like, because I went over to your house and watched it with you. And I was like, we were having the worst time. <laughs> well, such a bad time. Yeah, we were we were watching the film and we just kept going, mm, about every five minutes. <laughs> yep. We were we texted the the group chat that we have going and we said, uh, any anybody else started this film? And Raymond had just started it. And we just went into like, um, hmm, this isn't a this isn't a very fun time, no. isn't it? And uh, luckily, TJ saw that, gave that, gave him a heads up, and he went, "You know what? I don't think I'm in the right headspace to watch this movie right now." And we said, "Absolutely correct. Right. You can you, take this week you off." You are right. Uh, I watched this with my girlfriend, uh-huh. who is also a big fan of Robert Pattinson uh-huh. and Tom Holland. And yeah. when I told her that it was a marketed as a 
crime thriller with uh, slash drama with Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson. She said, "Say no more." Mm-hmm. We got a half hour in. <laughs> she was incredibly upset. Yes, she yep, got rightfully. We so. got an hour and a half into this two and a half hour movie. Two hours and twenty minute movie, and she just got up and left. Yeah, <laughs> and she, she had every right to do yep. so. We and took a, <laughs> I think it was, we paused for um, my favorite dinner that your your mother makes a tater tot casserole. Oh um, hell yeah! Right as Robert Pattinson showed up, that's where we took a break. Uh-huh. And it didn't. I mean, it just it never got better. There was no good time to take a break because it was just all a bad time. <laughs> but it was nice to take a because you even sent us a cat picture break, and that uh-huh. was nice. <laughs> he sent us a little cat, and I was like, oh thank god, that helps we, a little. <laughs> we specifically stopped right after he licked his fingers, and yes. I did not see it. And so when we came back, you forced me to rewind ten seconds uh-huh. so we, we could had, see him yeah, lick his fingers his again. Lick, lick his fingers, and yeah. you were right. <laughs> I'm a better man for it. <laughs> I had uh, probably the worst time out of all of you guys because um i wasn't gonna pick this movie and um it came tuesday for me to pick i was like oh i don't know what i'm gonna pick and then kenzie was like hey this comes out tomorrow because kenzie was in the same boat she's like loves robert pattinson tom holland super excited for this movie so i was like oh that comes out literally tomorrow when we were i'm gonna go watch a movie with andy let's do that movie for the podcast so Kenzie was like, well, I wanted to watch it too, so I'm going to watch it. And I was like, that's fine. Well, good old lucky for me, literally finished it. the movie at Andy's, got home right as Kenzie had started watching it again. So, so it I had to sit through that two times in a row, which was good for Kenzie because I was allowed to have her cover her eyes when the dog was crucified on the cross. So she didn't have to see that. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. saved from that. But I wasn't. I had to see it twice. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I messaged the group chat. I was asking if you guys were watching it with your partners. Because yes. Yes. Uh, my girlfriend and I went in blank. And so when that scene and then the, the, the killing of the dog scene and then five minutes later the crucifying of the dog scene happened. I could feel the eyes on me. I didn't turn to look, though. I just stared straight at the screen. And I feel like that scene in particular uh, kind of encapsulating... Oh, no. You can do it, I believe. You sound it out. <laughs> I have a master's degree, damn it. Not in speaking. Yeah, well, it um, it covers everything in the movie. <laughs> Every uh, my, my main problem with the movie in that the you, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It infers what's going to happen. Yep. It makes you sit in it, and then it goes back and shows you exactly what happened. Right. Uh, there was I, a few cases of that. And for I sure. feel like a lot of the times I'm like, I didn't need that visual. No. Yes, because like the one that I'm thinking of is um, the girl. It says they found her body seven years That's... seven years later or whatever. So uh-huh. then it cuts, uh-huh. shows some stuff with Tom Holland, and then, and then it goes back, back and, makes and you watch shows it. you get her getting <laughs> killed. And it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool, thanks. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it just feels like everything in this movie just goes like a step farther than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that's the movie's intention. Mm-hmm. Right, like I think the movie's doing that on purpose to make you sit through all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sure did. Yeah, I do think this is a pretty good movie. I think I the think, performances are fantastic. Yeah. I think everyone was really good in this movie. Everyone succeeded in doing what they needed to do in this yes. movie. I thought they were, they were great. I think technically this is a pretty good movie, and I feel like maybe if we hadn't lived our lives in 2020 up until mm. this point, it might seem like every everything you watch, you kind of want a little bit of a break and mm. escape. Yes. And so I feel like maybe if I watched this movie three years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I might... Uh, be a little less like negative on can it. Can you even name one spot that had any levity in this movie? 
like personally hearing Robert Pattinson's accent was. Yeah. But like he for the movies, negates that. Right. <laughs> right for the movies, like what the movie was doing, there was never any like like a joke to make you laugh. There wasn't any. I would say maybe maybe the bodyguard of that the the crime boss guy. The yeah. Bobo, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe a little bit, but then he gets his brains blown out, and you're like, okay, never mind. I Poor think, Bobo. I think that it approaches it a couple times when the scenes between Tom Holland and his like sister. Uh-huh. There's a couple scenes where it's like, oh, this is a nice relationship, but it also the underlying like tone in those scenes is like, this is a sad relationship. Yeah, right. And so it's like every every little bit of levity is also mixed with like a tinge of sadness and mm-hmm. like. This is pretty pathetic. <laughs> and then you like have the thought too, as you're because they the bullies even mentioned that he might be like messing with his sister. So then you're like, well, is he? Like you also then that is like over the top of the happy moments with them of like, is that happening? Right. <laughs> so yeah, nothing happy. Nothing I, uh, happy. I came down on deciding I don't like the movie. I don't. I didn't think it's a good movie, okay. but I think there's a lot of good. Bits and pieces to it, but I just think overall, it's not, it's not, uh, I don't like. You don't like it? No. It's not a movie I want to watch twice. No. And I don't, I don't blame anybody for not liking it. But it's like, you know, I, (laughs) (laughs) this is great. I have not had to deal with notifications in a while. So I'm trying to turn up, turn it off. Turn them off before we do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can keep talking. Okay. I'll I'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) You know, I I had a similar issue with, uh, I'm thinking of ending things, but I do think that was overall a good movie, even though it made me sad. And it was like a very sad thought process that that is, I'm thinking of ending things. This, however, I felt more like I understood what it was doing without it needing to rub your face in it okay. constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand it's based on a book that is, I think it was like 350 or 400 pages, and it feels a lot of the time like they are just throwing things into the movie to get to the plot points that lead up to the end of the film, but they're not condensing anything. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, I think my biggest complaint with the movie, not not how gratuitously miserable it is, which I think it is, but <laughs> that it is both too long and too short. Mm-hmm. Where I think it is too long as a movie where I think you could cut 45 minutes out of this and not lose anything important to this story. But also, it's too short to tell the story that it is trying to tell. I where think... I think you could do a four to six episode miniseries yeah. and, on Netflix, like a limited series, and no, get no, all the plot no, points. I don't need that. <laughs> it would be spaced out. You know, there's got to be stuff. It feels like, I haven't read the book, but there can't be... 400 pages of just misery. Right. We, I'm assuming what's happening is we're losing a lot of the connecting detail mm-hmm. that then leads up to something incredibly mm-hmm. sad happening every 10 minutes in the movie. So you're thinking of like a true detective kind of yeah. route that this could take. Right. And that's, you know, it's an adaptation of a book where it feels like you're they're throwing in all the side plots that are necessary to finish what the story there is they're telling but they're not giving you anything other than like the plot advancements Mm -hmm. Uh you're not getting any time to spend with those other characters other than see what they're up to in the moment to make sure that you know they're still players in the story and that's why there's no levity because they don't spend any time to have that in there like you could i think i mean to make it more interesting of a movie for me i think you would you could swap sebastian stan's scenes with Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson scenes 
for the amount of time that they take. And like mm-hmm. if that you was followed one the move from things. Sebastian Stan and you just checked in with Rob Pattinson and, and Tom Holland, I think that would be more compelling for me. But also in this format, but as it is, it's like you spent. I think after the first. 25 minutes or so when you lose Bill Skarsgård you are like just getting the highlights of the rest of the book Mm -hmm. just thrown at you and that is it is fucking miserable that's what I kind of thought with the Sebastian when I was thinking Mm -hmm. like the Sebastian stands like parts are Mm -hmm. only to make you believe like understand why he does what he does right like other than that they don't don't have a part in the story except Uh for you know that he's gonna kill Tom Holland because he's trying to move forward in his Uh like wants to be reelected like that's the only like that's all of his scenes are just so you think that when that happens same with the serial killer like they're only keep like they only keep showing you that like uh, they're getting tired of it, and also they're still out there. Like they revisit that, like for like three or four different deaths, when really uh-huh. you don't need that at all. Yeah. To keep the story advancing. Like it almost is a cooler form. like reveal if it happened like once with uh-huh. uh, with Dudley, um, uh-huh. and then he, Tom Holland then gets picked up by them. Uh-huh. Like that's almost like a cooler like oh my god. Well, like, and something that I kind of thought was weird is that. I feel like it would have been more effective because it felt for like the first half of the movie whenever we saw the seri- the uh, Jason Clark mm-hmm. and uh, Riley Cuff scenes uh-huh. where it would like lead up to where they were going to kill it uh-huh. and then it would cut away to something else. But then it would cut back and show right you like to... the mm-hmm. person screaming and have right. like a bloody hole in or his stomach. Or when it shows right. all those like pictures and stuff like that, yeah. But I thought it would have been a better reveal if like it, it heavily implies it, you mm-hmm. know what's happening and then at the end when Sebastian Stan finds all of the pictures, mm-hmm. then you're seeing, right. then you're seeing yeah. all that at once. Right, and it's like this is something where it's like you're adapting a book that can go into way more detail than you ever can in a movie yeah. of any scope that's going to be like, unless you're going to do like the the great American epic, you're not mm-hmm. going to get everything. Like this had to be three and a half, four hours to get everything it wants to accomplish. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it takes way too long for Tom Holland to show up. Cause he's right. like basically the main character of the movie. He's right. what the marketing was. It's like 35, 40 minutes before mm-hmm. he arrives. Yeah. 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 I mean, his character's there, but he, right, like his as age, an adult. as an adult. But I mean, like a lot of the marketing was like, this is a Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, double feature, right. <laughs> like the two hander. You know, that was our first thought too. Cause the, the movie opens like these two people, like the narrators, like right. how do these stories connect? So we were like, our first thoughts were like both babies one was Robert Pattinson. That's exactly what Tom I thought Holland. it was going to be, too. And then Andy was like, oh, one's named Lenora. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, then never mind. That's <laughs> not what happens. Right. And I think, and I was trying to think of, and I'm sure you guys can think of movies that do this, but like the whole, like, nothing's connected until it all is connected at the end. Like, I like movies that do that. Like, what other movies? Tarantino. Are... <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of Tarantino movies, yeah. So, like, when it's, yeah, it's all separate uh-huh. storylines that then somehow connect at the end i think are cool but fit, you're yeah. right that i don't think it needs as much as it was showing what what i thought was a better version of this movie is place beyond the pines yes that, i feel okay. like that does i i i don't think people love that movie but i think, yeah, they, I, think it does I, like better, it. I think it does a better job of what this movie is i like place beyond the pines sure. quite a bit i can't remember and i watched all of it but I we watched remember. it in a hotel room together that's, it, that's what, yeah okay that's yeah. what i watched it I, that's, that's so funny because i watched it like two or three times before that but i think that is accomplishing i mean like the same objective objectives that this movie is without do it i mean it's long but it's not two hours and 20 minutes long and i feel right. like it gets through way more interesting beats in the story and advances the plot way more than like what this movie does, which is like has no restraint. And this yeah. movie instead is like 
I think the worst example for me was the hanging scene. Where, like, that's where my girlfriend left. Was uh-huh. she thought it was going to be like a coat hanger abortion in the shed? That's exactly what I thought too. And that's so what I thought it I was, was I was geared up for that to happen. Yes. And so she walked out and she left, and I watched it, and it was like she put the noose on. And then the narrator kicks in. I thought the narrator a, thing was like dumb. And he's, <laughs> that he's part, the I was like, he's the author of the book, right? But no, I do no, like no, that. I mean, I just specifically, what he said when she's hanging her. I yeah. think that specifically yes. is an example of it being like it did. It didn't need that. There's no. no reason for it to do it. And I feel like that was a point where the movie was trying to like be like a dark comedy, right? Like to have a little bit of like comedy but it doesn't it's work. like you don't even need the narration that didn't, that didn't even hit with me that it right. was trying to be comedy it's like you don't it's just like it's an extra punch you know going into that scene that she's either going to die or something awful is going to happen because of what's set up uh-huh. and then she puts a noose on and you're like either she's going to hang herself or she doesn't and then she goes to like she takes a moment and then the narration kicks in to tell her that she like to tell you that she's Changed decided not but you don't have to have the narration to see that happen right and that's then, almost like a feeling of like that's probably literally word for word what is said in the right. book, mm-hmm. which it's I mean, probably you don't, I don't I don't know if what they did for recording, but I wouldn't right. be surprised if that's just his audiobook narration of it, unless he did specifically for he it, was right. asked to come oh, and do okay. narration. Right. But I'm sure a lot still, of it probably funny. still was right, right. in the book, and yeah, that's for sure. you know it's it's like you don't need the narration to tell you that it doesn't add anything. You know, going into the scene that based on what you've already seen for 90 minutes, that she is probably going to die. Or something mm-hmm. incredibly sad is going to happen. Right. And then it shows you the moment of her reconsidering, and then she dies. And yeah. it's like, I, we don't have to see it. We didn't need the moment where she regrets it. Like, there's, that it's an accident. You don't need any of that to see, complete the story objective. It's just an extra twist. Right, and again, I'm thinking, like, the, the hit it would have been uh, if Tom Holland would have left and come back and found her, and right. you didn't have the scene of her doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, the impact of him finding, like, because you're like, oh, I'm sure that's what's going to happen. You, like, mm-hmm. have that thought that that's going to happen. And then just seeing it, like, the reveal of that, instead of walking through every step of it happening. See, this movie, the entire time watching it, I kept feeling like, it feels like a Coen Brothers movie. Right. But I feel like the Coen Brothers would, would have been able to nail the tone mm-hmm. in that they would have been able to bring a little bit of levity right. but while yes. keeping it dark. Yeah. Because even something like... Right, it's kind of like a Fargo, you know. Even something not, like you know, No Country for Old Men, yes. which is a very depressing and dark yes. movie. That movie has funny parts in it. Yes. The characters in that movie are funny. Even but the, not in like a haha like... Even satirical way. The serious, serious man. I felt was the same kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. That was a serious, very s- a sad thing, is, but it had funny parts. I think of a it. serious man is a straight up black comedy. Bef- right, before yeah, this, yeah. I would have said that a serious man is the most bleak movie I've ever seen, <laughs> and this Tops beats it. it. Yeah. and that movie is funnier. <laughs> oh yes, yes, that, that movie is a straight up comedy. I, yeah. I laughed. There was a part I, I, I think once or twice I laughed in that uh-huh. movie. There was no smile on my face during this movie, no. except for what we're going to talk about for the next twenty minutes, which is Robert Pattinson's accent. Oh. I love that. I I hate sometimes the way that like film criticism happens on the internet now. Where like I like a lot of it, I follow a lot of it, but then the same thing happened with Marriage Story, where people take a scene out of context and then just go, "Look at how bad this acting is!" Ha ha. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen uh, it was spreading the last uh, Which... three or four days of like the the big one of the big monologues that Robert Pattinson does. For like two minutes, uh-huh. and people were like, "Oh, look at this accent! It's not realistic." I was like, 
It doesn't need to be realistic. I thought like, it was great. I yeah. thought I was all I was I all in. I think it's crazy. I think yeah. it's funnier that he doesn't sound like a real person. Yeah, right. that he's like a foppish dandy. But I think that's boy. like supposed to supposed to be part of it because yeah. he's putting on right it's an act. He's putting on an act be, mm-hmm. to hide what a devil he actually is. Oh, the devil all of the time. All the time. Yeah, he sure is all the time. <laughs> Ugh, but like. Uh, you guys are. You told me about how he didn't tell anybody that that was the accent that he yeah, was going to do. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> um, Antonio Campos and the rest of the crew or the cast, they all worked with a dialect coach, mm. including Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. They uh, they all worked, but apparently every time the dialect coach went to go work with Robert Pattinson, he kept like talking in circles and like not actually doing anything and so everybody had like made recordings sent it to the director he listened to all of them and then he was like hey robert uh, are you gonna do that and he was like no (laughs) and when robert pattinson tells you no you i'm sorry but if i was a director i'd be like all right (laughs) i I, I totally agree it's like i love the performance i'm sure that whatever he does on set on the day is going to be insane and so apparently the scene with him and Lenora mm-hmm. in the car when he first like makes his move on her was the first time anybody, oh, including boy. the director, had ever heard the accent. Good. <laughs> and everybody was like, uh, okay. I didn't think that in uh, 2020 there would be two movies that I have now seen that the only thing I liked, like actually enjoyed out of it for the most part was Robert Pattinson's accent. The other one being The King. Because he has oh. a French accent in that and it is the best part of that movie. Yeah. So now are now two movies and the best part of that movie is his accent. Two so I two. can't wait for Batman. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard what his voice is going to be like in Batman. He and, says one line, but I hope it's just like the deepest, graveliest. Like, but that's him as Bruce Wayne. That's true. Right. Not as Batman. We have I, not I, heard his Batman I voice. hope it's still just the southern accent in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I would be all for that. You know how fucking scary that would be if you were a uh, criminal in Gotham and you just <laughs> we got some red meat and white meat, poor ass red meat down here in these Gotham slums. <laughs> that yeah. would be insane. Oh yeah, I'd piss myself. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's it's not a realistic accent, but where everyone else is doing something much more grounded, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's, I think that's right. what's interesting. Sets him it's like apart. way more interesting. He's not supposed to blend in with the rest no. of it. He's supposed to kind He's of be this guy from Tennessee that's this like, weird fucking dude that's kind of like charismatic but mm-hmm. very off putting at the same time. Well right? he was like straight up just like mean to Tom Holland's grandma. Yeah, yeah like the first yeah. fucking scene you yeah. see. It's like they set that up to be like a, a nice scene right where she, like he everyone just, loves her cooking right yeah. like he doesn't have to be mean in that scene there's no reason to but he just is and it's like mm. oh right off the bat we're not like we're already this far into the movie nothing robert Pattinson can't save us and sure <laughs> enough he, he definitely cannot can't save himself either throws a book at tom holland to try to stop it <laughs> yeah he goes down pretty quick I did like how, I mean, there's no way that, because the ending of this movie is open-ended. Uh-huh. Um, but I do like that Tom Holland has, I mean, there's probably no way he would get away with it, but ha- had set up that he potentially could. Because right. he leaves the underwear in a note on uh, Robert Pattinson's body. He uh-huh. leaves the picture with um, Sebastian Stan. Like, he uh-huh. has, like... He could potentially. He set up that there's motive for everything that he did. Right. Which is the only thing that he really could is like do. got. Yeah. Yeah. His only motivation seems to be like, it's a righteous kill. Uh-huh. I've got this. I feel like. <laughs> With my dad's German gun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the entire like 
message of the movie negates that uh-huh. in that I feel like the the whole like point of the movie is that innocent acts can lead to like can still terrible monstrosities mm-hmm. of humanity can occur because two people had a nice meat cute uh-huh. I feel like that's kind of the point of the movie is that like there's all these things and everyone is like doing things for like religion and like uh-huh. good innocent like intentions that lead to like these human atrocity mm-hmm. you know yeah. and so i feel like the movie it ends there to and it kind of ends on a point of be like oh now he's asleep but yeah. i also think you're supposed to <laughs> what was that when he falls asleep at the yeah. end yeah. Oh, now, the long narration of sleep. his eyes grow uh, heavy uh-huh. now he's asleep <laughs> but i also feel like the and you sent the you sent us that Twitter uh, thing that said, and Raymond put it on blast. It was great. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with Raymond that it was like someone was like, "Oh, the Charles Manson is from what is it? Oh, Cin- Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati where they're heading." Think, uh, yeah. And the guy kind of looked like Charles Manson. I think he's just supposed to look like a creepy serial killer type person. I don't think you're supposed to trust this guy because I don't think you're supposed to trust anybody in this no. movie. Really, I think it's like setting up that everybody is kind of a terrible person and everybody's Um, capable of bad things isn't tom holland the only main character that doesn't die he might be (laughs) that's what i was thinking about that i was like he's the only one that doesn't die the uh his grandma and grandpa do not they're not main characters (laughs) i'd say grandma's sort of a main character okay well age will get her yeah oh wow (laughs) time gets us all the devil all the time (laughs) (laughs) i was I was sad that I didn't end up liking this movie. It's funny because I, right after the movie ended, I was in a group chat with some people where my girlfriend immediately was like, this movie is bland. It's just misery to be misery. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this until we start recording because I, I'm still going to be thinking about it, how yeah, I feel about it. I was thinking about it quite a bit too. And I, it just, it, I'm with you too. Mm-hmm. Of like, I was really excited for this yeah. movie and it was not what I wanted I from it. <laughs> I guess, like, I don't think it... I, I don't think the movie's bland. No, and I, I don't, don't I don't think it's, like, a poorly... Like, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. That's how I feel. It's not well. a good time. Yeah. And I feel like I'm... I know that no. I am able to differentiate uh-huh. that a lot of the time. I'm able to look at something and go, that's not a fun time, but I think it's a pretty good movie. I right. don't think I want to watch this movie ever right. again. But you I don't can... want to watch it two times in a row. No, <laughs> no. absolutely not. Yeah, I felt like the music choice was really good. I will probably end up revisiting the soundtrack the that soundtrack, they eventually put out. I, I think it was a really well well done curation mm-hmm. of old older music. Uh, I think the cinematography is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of standout performances yeah. in this movie. Robert Pattinson especially is a highlight of just like watching that man work is so funny. Yeah, being like. He he make it's he makes it interesting. If it's not good, yeah. it's interesting. He's like a Nicolas Cage I, in that way. I want to see Bill Skarsgård not play a psychopath, right? Yeah. But I don't know if he can do it because his <laughs> eyes are just so he, scary. It's just the way he fucking looks. Yep. Right. And it, he almost wasn't either. He was so he was close almost, to not being a psychopath. Yeah. And then and then you know. <laughs> well, I mean, when when he saw when, when you know when he saw that in war, you're like, oh yeah, there's no hope. That was a good <laughs> setup for this movie. It's like uh-huh. the first fucking scene is like a crucified soldier in the Pacific, you know, rim. Yeah. I was like, oh, covered in okay, the South Pacific. All right, yeah. that's what we're in for. Yeah. And <sighs> I even said 
on a couple weeks ago when we were talking the Five Bloods, uh-huh. where that was something that I felt in the Five Bloods. It was like, okay, we get what Spike is saying, right. and then it hits you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. I would watch the Five Bloods before I watch this movie again. Right. I feel like yeah. this does that, but in a more cynical way. Right. You know, it, it's like this movie is <laughs> saying that the world sucks. Mm-hmm. Everyone is bad. Everyone is bad and there's no fixing it. At least in The Five Bloods, there was that... There's at least, like, a little shiver of, like, the world sucks. Um, we can deal with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, there's... It's not It's not like I don't... I like a lot of what this movie is doing. But I just feel like, and I think we all agree, is that it's just too much of the same thing. We're yeah. like, even though it's a... You know, I, I don't expect every movie to be an enjoyable watch by any means... But at least with, it's not deep enough in the way that it's presented for you to, like, chew on anything other than the continued scenes of misery that it is just putting in your face. Mm-hmm. Or, like, with I'm thinking of ending things making you think about shit and, like, the five bloods making you, like, there's interesting shit to, like, think about or see in that or, like, there's interesting choices. But this is such a straight ahead this is bad. We're going to show you it, like, three more times. Also, five minutes from now, another bad thing's going to happen. And the story is just connecting the dots of everything you've seen. There's nothing yeah. unknown in it. What was that uh, tweet that you saw that was like, oh, that was the worst thing I've ever oh. seen someone ever do. That'll never happen. That's I've seen the bottom and then it keeps Every five happening. minutes. Yeah, that movie. was David Chen. Like, yeah, yeah every yeah. ten minutes you see like, oh, that's the most depraved thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but I don't know what you expected. The title told you. That it's <laughs> going to be the That's what you were going to get. All the time. All the time. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is something mm-hmm. that yeah. is, like, very... There's a lot of depravity Fucking and sadness. Dudley's it, in that. Dudley's in that. Which, you know? I didn't realize that's who it was until I was uh-huh. looking... I was... I logged this into Letterboxd, and I saw one review was like, Dudley Dursley is the MVP. And I was <laughs> like, oh, shit, that is that guy. Yeah, so, cause yeah. I was, like, I was He's looking, been getting like, some good work. The only, I, was like, I looked at him, I was like, the only place I've seen this guy is Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> he's also the bad guy. In... He's the main bad guy in The Old Guard, which yeah. we haven't watched oh, yet. But he's shit. the main bad guy. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Another notification for you there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, yeah there's like his bit in Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the most. <laughs> we'll just do that. Alright. Yeah. His been the Battle of the Buster Scruggs is like the most sad thing in the entire anthology. Mm-hmm. And it is still like there's way more to think about than what is in this movie. Unfortunately. Gosh. What a just speaking of his part again, uh-huh. when he kills his wife and yep. then is like, She'll be resurrected. Yeah. Like, ooh. And then he strand he like leaves his brother stranded because he can't walk. Yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> what a nice dude. <laughs> cool guy. Right, cool dude. While he immediately walks into his own death, so. Right. Yeah, that's fair. You know. I did like, um, I especially noticed this the um, second time through, immediately when I watched the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the, like, the imagery of them looking up through the trees uh-huh. into the sky. Like, so many people, like, did that. Either, like, mm-hmm. when they died or before they died or, like, mentioned it. I thought that was kind of a repeated. And I'm pretty sure it's the same shot each time, too. I, I may be wrong about that, but I noticed that it was very similar when people were looking up looking through the trees up into the, the trees. skies. That it yeah. was very similar. So I kind of like that mm-hmm. imagery. Because mm-hmm. at least I got to see something, like, bright and nice. I think, <laughs> and this is another example of another thing that I've talked about 
on a previous episode is that Riley Cuff is a very, very good actress. I don't know what else she's been in. She's which in the movie that I talked about, The Lodge, which I also oh, hated because right. it was... Oh, so- she's the serial killer one in this movie? Yes. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Right. She is the main character in that movie, The Lodge, uh, which is another example of, like, depravity and mm-hmm. cynicism for, like, no real apparent reason. Uh-huh. And you didn't like that movie? I either. hated that <laughs> Right. I hated that movie a lot more than I... Uh, I enjoyed The Devil all the time. I uh-huh. hated The Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it... There is, like... That movie is literally dark, mm-hmm. as well as, like, thematically uh-huh. just... Black. You you right. told me the whole plot of it, and I, it's awful. It's yeah. awful. I'm glad I never have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend this to anybody. I'd say watch Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you don't get to, you won't, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson aren't in that. No. Yeah. You do get Ryan Gosling. Again, they're, like, like docile. we said earlier, everybody's docile. performance in this, I think, yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to put on somebody. I don't want to put that on anybody. Yeah, it's very similar to how I felt. I already put it on all of you guys, because yeah, yeah. we watched it for the podcast. Oh, I would make you guys watch it. <laughs> You're right. And yeah, it's, I feel very similar, not as passionate, but, like, a similar feeling to after I saw Hereditary, mm. where it's like, I think I love this movie, mm-hmm. but I can't recommend mend anybody see right. it i'm not people at the end of the year were like what what is your favorite movie of the year and i was like hereditary don't watch it, I don't like it. <laughs> bye it, it was funny because there's there's a guy i work with who's uh like 20 and he i've been lending him a ton of my movies i think i've lent him 50 out of my 100 movies mm-hmm. so far that i own over the last couple years and so i was on a little bit of a break from work and i came back on friday and he immediately was like Oh, what do you think of Devil all the time? And then one of my other cooks came in and was like, "Oh, he's been talking about this all day. He's been waiting for you to come in." I, like, <laughs> I just said, "It's miserable." And he said, "Oh, he didn't like it. <laughs> he thought it was great." And I've seen a lot of people online saying that like they loved it and like they they thought it was like an Oscar contender. And it's like yeah. I just in its current and they I, had a fun time. Yeah, and it's like you. I, what movie I, we watch? Right. It's like I I get. I think you're on to something, Andy, where I think if this came out in a different year, I'd be able to tolerate more of the depravity that's in it. Maybe. Yeah. But considering, like, I was I was thinking this was going to be more of, like, a thriller or, mm-hmm. like, yeah, at, at least something more connected with the crimes instead of them just happening. But, like, maybe you got to see them, like, working through solving them or leading up to it. It was, something. It was way more of, like, a character piece on, like, what's the right. worst thing? What is the worst parts of humanity in several different ways? Right, and, it, <laughs> and there, there was no point in which I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. At all points in the movie, I guessed either what was going to happen or something worse, and it only alleviated it by showing me a least worst thing that I also expected. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was just, pum- it just pummels you with how yeah. insanely, like how many, any, almost any single bad event in this movie could be the climactic event in a normal drama. Mm-hmm. And instead right. you get two hours and 20 minutes where every 10 minutes you get something that would be the climax of another movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, altogether, I think it doesn't quite work, but there is a lot of good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should you watch it if you don't, have the best mental fortitude in the moment? Fuck no. No, definitely no. not. Like, uh, don't go in our, being our, like, oh, our good Rob boy Pattinson. TJ. No. He made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, absolutely. After watching this, we don't want to put you through this. So maybe look up the clip of uh, Robert Pattinson's accent, and if you're like that, I gotta watch the movie just for that. I mean, do it. If I would. you go in knowing that you are gonna have a bad time, I think you can 
you can process it in a way where you're in, you you have mm-hmm. a better time with it. Just getting pummeled with it out of nothing, though. This is a time where I think, like, I guess the marketing didn't really probably tell you much either because you guys right. saw it and I didn't. Mm-hmm. But knowing nothing about it going into it, it was relentless. Yes, yeah. it sure was. I would absolutely never go back and watch this again <laughs> unless they readapted the story yeah. in some other way. The most I, of, most of the time when I watch a movie and I haven't read the book, I'm like, oh, I want to pick up the book. Uh, I would yeah. be interested in the book to see what the like. Well, if, it it's, if it's just pummels you the whole right, time too, it doesn't or if seem it's, like it's it doesn't seem like it's changing anything. It thinks I think I feel like it just is throwing it all in there. I would love to see it in the book if it expanded more on the story. Mm-hmm. I would love to get more of the story right. in between all the pummeling. I think yes, I would yeah. take that as a book. Yeah. Um, I think that in a normal year mm-hmm. that you could get some you could get some performance nominations uh-huh. out of this. Like I think that Tom Holland probably has an honest honestly has a pretty good shot. And he did a good job. At an, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that everybody mm-hmm. all the performances are great. I think Tom Holland and I think Robert Pattinson could mm-hmm. they could be contenders. There could be arguments made for uh, Tom Holland probably for lead and Robert Pattinson for mm-hmm. supporting. Yeah. And I feel like I would have no problem with that even in a normal year. Right. But the fact that like we're getting so few of these kind of like hard hitters right that i feel like this year and especially with like netflix is really the only one the only studio quote unquote studio out there that can release these movies mm-hmm. the way they have been in the last couple of years i feel like the oscars this year are going to be a, a competition of what netflix, netflix movie sweet. was yeah was the most popular because like even you know the the studios that are releasing stuff digital on demand more people are willing to watch if it's just on netflix right mm-hmm. so i don't know this may be this it might, might be, the be best picture this might be one of the contenders for best picture this year you never know i would fully support it for an acting or yeah supporting nomination but i i don't think i, I'd I don't want this to be our best picture no I don't. Mm. I don't think so. As soon as it gets, that's the what I'm worried about, guys. Is if it gets nominated, more people will watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we talk about that. But here's the light at the end of the tunnel: is that this year did see the theatrical release of Sonic the Hedgehog, so we still have that we campaign still, for uh, best picture. Yeah, that could be best picture for yeah. sure. Yes, good. Jim Carrey for best supporting actor. <laughs> Hell yeah! Can Sonic please sweep the Oscars? You know how happy I would be to see a lighthearted romp like Sonic <laughs> right now. You know oh. what I would give to go watch that in a movie theater again? Oh my god! You know how depressed I would be if I skipped not seeing Sonic in theaters. <laughs> If you missed that opportunity to see that movie, I'm so glad you did. I'm upset that I didn't get the chance to see Bloodshot in theaters. A movie that I had no... I had news. You're going to have the chance to see it for like the next year. Yeah, that's true. In any format. I had no desire to go see Bloodshot in theaters, Uh and now I'm like... Should have done it. <laughs> Should have. I remember right before lockdown started, the fucking marketing team for Bloodshot started going like, best movie in America, highest grossing movie in America. And it's like, is that because there's only two movies out Yeah, that's like, no wonder. <laughs> and now, uh, that being said, the last movie I did see in a theater is The Invisible Man. And I, if that's the last movie I ever see in a movie theater, then so be it. That's a good fucking movie. I mean, for me, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Little Women. So, I mean, I'm in a good, good place, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't even know what the last one I saw was. Raymond, you haven't seen the light of day in six months. So. I know. <laughs> is it the rise of Skywalker? Sure oh shit! I sure hope not. I think it is. <laughs> oh no! No! I think no. it is. Oh, well, well, all right. 
<laughs> Devil all the time. Yeah, I didn't see Sonic. At so. least, <laughs> at least you got to see the final c- cinematic performance of our greatest living actor, Babu Freak. Oh, Babu Freak! <laughs> Long may he reign. I've also heard <laughs> he dies. Wait, what? Does he die? He's going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I speaking of Robert Pattinson performances, I've also heard that he is very good in Tenant. Whenever we get to yeah. see Tenant, I've heard he is very good in that as well. Uh, I hope he does yeah. some accent for that. I'm very sad because... British, maybe? Is he just Christopher Nolan? He might yeah. just be. <laughs> yeah. Did you, I saw the picture you retweeted yeah, of them standing looper. next to each other and it just said Looper. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm very sad about Tenant because uh, they rushed to get it out to save theaters and now it looks like doing that may hurt theaters yeah. more than if they would have just stayed closed. Yeah. Because... A tenant made something like 7.8 million domestic mm-hmm. and they were hoping for like 30 something right. which is already kind of a crazy number and with theaters right. opening for it i didn't they know had that it's like... 7.8 that's insane yeah. yeah but the thing is like they they rush it out in the theaters and theaters aren't open in new york and la and that is mm-hmm. like a major part of the domestic box office right are those two locations right and the, and the reason it's like a boon is because a lot of those um theaters were able to, as long as they were closed, were able to be like, uh, we're not paying a mortgage or you know rent on this mm-hmm. space at all because we're not open. So right. they're like, we're opening and we're banking the on this one movie. Tenant and some is reruns. coming out. Well, and there was a bunch of other stuff that was going to come out. Right? I remember Interstellar and, was going to have a thing, and uh, Wonder Woman was going to come uh-huh. out. They put out the Dune trailer. They right. were like, all right, we're ready to go back to the movies, and then uh, people didn't show up because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. <laughs> And uh, they won't. They wouldn't let drive-in theaters play yeah. Tenant. See, that could have saved it too. They, they let drive-in theaters play Tenant if As there in, was not a theater that was open uh, in their no, city. No, it was the other way around. Oh, really? They would only let drive-in theaters play if there was a theater in the city oh, that was. Sorry, playing. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If there was a drive-in theater and the, there was also a regular theater, the yes. drive-in theater could not play. Tenet. So if yeah. you have a drive-in theater in your area, but you don't have an open movie theater, you could not watch Tenant. Right. Because yes. we could, we can't. We cannot. No. And it seems like that could have helped, but they were very, very certain that this movie was going to save the the theater experience. One of my other coworkers, who's a big film guy, who I accidentally turned him onto a a. Um, you accidentally turned him on. Yep. Into a Criterion Collection <laughs> fanboy, where I lent him nice. a couple, and now he's like, "I'm going to buy one of everything in the Criterion Collection." Oh, nice. All right, bud. He <laughs> went to the Coeur d'Alene, uh Regal to see Tenet. Yeah. Oh, wow. and again, you know, he went. He was such. He's such a Nolan fanboy. He decided to go. Mm. Uh-huh. He said there was seven people in that oh. theater, and I was like, "Was it worth nearly dying?" He's like, "Well, at least if I did, I saw a tenant." And he wants to tell me all about it, but he can't talk to it to anyone because no one else did it. Yeah, yeah. see, there's no point. That's the other thing. It's like I would not drive out of my way to see it because you can't guarantee no one's gonna be there, and if no one's there, that's also bad for the theater. So right. it's a lose lose. And for you to I like see it. won't have anybody to talk to about it. Like right. that's like a big right. part of seeing these big movies and is like, to talk about them. When it came out, I was like, man, what I wouldn't give to be able to go see it. And now that it's been a while, <laughs> I'm like, I can wait. Yeah. That's what I see. I want to see it really bad, but I will wait till it's a safe environment to see it in. Yeah. Wait till like the- a re- I mean, at this point, I was like, it's. I know. It, I mean, you go. You can go back to listen to our previous podcast where we're like, there's movies that like need to be seen in theaters, but I'm almost to the point like, you just gotta re- release them <laughs> so we can. So that yeah. I don't know. I don't know how Mulan did. Did we hear how Mulan? Actually, how much bad. Money, probably. How much money a, they made for the? Well, there's no real. It? There's no real numbers. Disney's no. not telling you really. Right. Anything. And I believe the 
the point of Disney releasing it the way they did is they said that um, so Disney released Mulan on Disney Plus for with, thirty dollars with a thirty dollars. So you have to have a subscription to Disney Plus and then pay a thirty dollars premium. But it will be free. In it like will be December free in December. Yeah. yeah, free on the service. Free on you gotta, the service. You got to pay Disney Plus, but then you get. But to in see order it. to watch it in September, no. yeah. you could pay Disney Plus and then a thirty dollars fee to to watch mm-hmm. the movie. From what I had read, is Disney was doing that because they knew. If they charged $30 for it, they only needed something like 8 to 10% of people that are signed up for Disney Plus to do it right. to be able to make back right. what Disney they Disney Plus crushed their five-year expectations for how many subscribers they were going to get. because Most uh-huh. likely because of this. No one else had anything to do. Right. And The Mandalorian. <laughs> right. And I think probably what Disney... Why they were willing to do that for Mulan, but probably not for very many mm-hmm. more releases, was because Mulan was set to come out like the Friday that the lockdown happened. Right. Like the, it had already had its world premiere. Right they after, were in yeah. the depths of promoting it worldwide. Mm-hmm. They had already spent all this money. Right. They needed to make their money back at least some, something. They needed to make at least something back. Right. And so with all their theme parks being closed and all that, they they said, okay, we can release it and trust that most people aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if we have that eight to ten, eight to ten percent of people that are so die hard and so well, like Disney, I, and I'm here to tell you, my parents paid for it uh-huh. and love all those live action movies and didn't like this movie. Really? Well, I I know one guy. I know one guy at work who saw it because he's got like his dad paid for it and they did. He's got like four siblings and so right. he was like yeah my dad was like it's 120 bucks for me to go to the movies so 30 bucks of right course. that's exactly like, what my parents were thinking for me yeah. there's no you know right. it doesn't cost me i can watch it on my phone never, right now because oh, i have my parents disney plus right. on my phone I i'll could. wait until i'll wait until december, december yeah. to watch from it. what i've heard it, it is a very different type of live action remake mm-hmm. it's one that i kind of wish they had been doing more with their live action right. remakes where it's like it's at least something different. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Lion King really was like a shot for shot remake. Right. It was an interest. It was kind of like the um, Gus Van Sant Psycho. Right. It, where it's like an interesting exp- experiment, but it doesn't really make for that great of a movie. Right. See, and I think that's, um, and I haven't seen Mulan, but the thing that my parents didn't like is that, yes, it was different, but it also, every chance a good it could try to remind you of the animated version. Yeah. And that's where they were like, well then just do the stuff from the animated. Don't be so different. And then reference it. Like you can't do, it was trying to do both. Yeah. I also think that I'm okay with Disney not making a ton of money off of this because it's having a pretty problematic production. Uh, so (laughs) yeah, they, um, I, I'd seen like stories about how much money they possibly made on Mulan. And then the news literally today was that, Disney slash Marvel was moving all of their Marvel properties and some of the Disney properties that were supposed to come out in the next year, like this year, all the way to their release months mm-hmm. next year. I think that's so. A, it's like it didn't do well enough for that to be like a viable option. Right. Yeah, I think that's a smart thing, and I think that's mm-hmm. always kind of what they had in mind. Right. Because I feel like with Mulan, release that nobody. I don't think there was that much excitement. Mm-hmm. You come out with your first movie after. 2020 quarantine is a marvel release doesn't matter if it's black or uh, black widow yeah people are going to go see whatever marvel movie you put in theaters uh-huh. yeah no matter what you release it is going to be a smash when theaters are safe to go back to mm-hmm. if you release a marvel movie at any point in that time people are going to be dying to go uh-huh. back and i can't think of very many franchises other than that in star wars 
that are going to get people to come back in droves. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be Disney because all, all the time. Even some, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> even something like Dune, which looks awesome. Is it going to? Is it going to bring? Like, is almost guaranteed to be a bomb. And it's going to have a better life and physical media. Yeah, because not everyone's going to go see that movie. I, yeah. I'm excited for Dune. My girlfriend's yeah. very excited for Dune. Me too. Neither of us have ever tried to tackle the book. I, I I've tried it. Read like the first page. And I like, want no. to. I'm going to I'm going to try before the movie comes out. I don't think I'm going to do it. And I know it's going to be a niche audience. There's no yeah. way that movie makes its money back in theaters. People are going to go to see Dune. Right. Yeah. I uh, can't believe I'm saying this, but... Uh... I've got a up on Sammy. I'm a couple chapters into Dune right now. Wow! <laughs> now I, that first, I don't know, that first little quote at the start of the first chapter, I was like, what the hell is the, this? The quote <laughs> at the start of every chapter is like a gobbledygook. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And I was like, I can't jump into this right now. <laughs> but I, I think uh, it's not that important to the story. You can okay. go back later and be like, what the fuck does this word mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can just go find it on the internet. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, I am very excited for that, though. Yeah, I'm glad that it's probably going to get pushed back now, so I can uh, take my time reading right. the book because yeah. it has taken me a while. Right. When is ha- it supposed to come out? December. December. Wow. And, and like, I oh, doubt fucking that's James Bond still now. hasn't uh, said anything yet. What? James Bond. What movie? <laughs> There's a James Bond movie. We're never seeing it. Right. They <laughs> they haven't said anything yet, but with Marvel mo- moving all their dates, I and with it's just the be, way it is, yeah, it's it's, I think be. it's like a foregone conclusion that they will. And with They'll Tenet not doing anything, probably move. I would, you know, when the quarantine started, I was of the mind of like, hold everything off. I'm willing to wait until I can go mm-hmm. back to the movie theater. And now I feel like I would be okay if No Time to Die dropped on digital and we just like watched it together on right. a nice TV. Yeah. I would be okay. There with are that. some movies that like if they put that thirty dollar like amount on there, we would like like pull up like right now it'd be yeah, ten dollars for each of us and we You would... have a backyard. Yeah. We could buy a can like a hundred inch canvas, uh-huh. prop it up back there. Yeah. I have a hundred dollar projector. I have a yep. projector. You can is it rent... a better projector than the one that you had for Amazing Spider Man Two? Because that one's not good. It is not, but we could rent a projector. Right, you could rent a projector. <laughs> we could screen it in your backyard, Let's and we could it. have just as good of an experience. I could I could talk very loudly in a corner for a while. I could smell <laughs> some popcorn on you. Yeah, whatever uh, you need to do yeah. to make me feel that experience. Yeah. Right. I can pull out my phone in the middle of the movie. You know, whatever. Yeah. We can have a better experience than possibly dying at the theater. <laughs> and, I mean, the thing is, like, 2020 wasn't really that huge of a movie year, in my opinion. I wasn't looking to, forward to that much except for Tenant, mm-hmm. No Time to Die, and Dune, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman. Right. And, like, most of those are being pushed to next year. Mm-hmm. If you're going to release a couple on demand, just fucking do it at this point, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, release Tenant. I will watch Tenant. What's it? Put in theaters when things open up. You, there's, they're already just starting to show whatever See, they want anyway that, to fill screens. You're hundred so percent right. That's like release it digitally now, and then when things are open up, like be like, okay, this is now going to be in theaters. I'm going to see it again. Be, yeah, exactly. If One you thing, don't think people will go back to see something, that's the thing. If there's so much shit out there, people like if they think people are going to watch something once and at home and be like, that was fine. It's like, no. If we see a James Bond movie like, in your backyard, and then three months later it's in a theater, I'll go to the theater mm-hmm. to see it. Wait, wait, whoa, you were just saying my backyard was good. What the hell is this? You're going <laughs> back? You go back? <laughs> but if things, if things ever open back up in a more normal way, and they have to fill, you know, multiplexes have 20 plus screens, they gotta fill stuff when there's you know, production's yeah. been shut down, how many they're gonna have to fill most of those screens with stuff that came out pre, 
or during the time that was already released. So you well, might I mean, as we well. We at least have like the Garland, right? Because like the Garland, anything huh. that gets released digitally, well, that is available for us to go see in the Garland whenever we're you allowed think able to. Open? No, 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 but I'm saying when they when that's like a perfect market for them is anything that was released digitally when right. we can open back up, they right. have access to show in their theaters. So right, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a complicated mess. It's a complicated well, mess. we're well, sad. This movie was sad. But I'm happy because I got to see my boys. Yes, yeah. we got to see Raymond, and then he's going to crawl back into his hole for another six months. We'll see him again. <laughs> no. It's going to be a whole lot easier to edit this episode than yeah. the others because uh, we only have one track of audio. Yes. So. yes, we didn't have all the issues. Well, folks, uh, as always, if you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple ways you can do it. Yeah. You can uh, contact us on our on our Twitter page, which is at NSAOTpod. Mm-hmm. Or you can send good old Raymond an email over at neverseenanyofthispod at gmail.com. Correct. Yeah. We do have a request for a movie. Uh, we in, the, in, in our list of movies to watch? It'll be there. Yeah. It'll be yeah. there. Uh, we got two movies, actually, that we, that we have requests for. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I uh, haven't heard about. I've only heard one. We got... Uh, hackers. And we oh, got hackers. that's right. Yes, hackers is still we got on our hardcore list. Henry. But <laughs> I think hackers has to be with the person who asked for it. I so think that's so. why we. Have I to think that's why we're it. holding off on that. Hackers right. has been our first so one. <laughs> you can look forward to Hardcore Henry, which I can almost guarantee will be a lighter watch than The Devil. Oh, all the time. Yeah, sure will. And uh, I think we also. Uh, I think all of us are kind of leaning towards picking some lighter-hearted movies for the next couple of weeks. So right. maybe yeah. we'll have a couple good watches, and then uh, you know October's coming up. Halloween. Yeah. I think we're gonna watch some spooky, some spooky oh, features. I'm so excited. I already Hell got yeah. mine picked. I'm I don't, ready. I don't know what I'm going to pick. So oh, I already know. We'll have to figure I, it out. I'm going to have to figure out what, <laughs> yeah. which way you guys are going, and then I'll make my <laughs> yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this week's Never Seen Any of This. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, we can say bye. Bye. <laughs>